Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the About Last Night podcast. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you survived the hurricane. If you lived in Los Angeles or surviving it, winds and rain still flowing. Clinton, Duff, Swank. My money's on Duff. One of them fucked with the Weather Channel and uh, and they came for him. Anyway, uh, hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, I had a wonderful uh, weekend of shows. Um, thanks to everybody that came out. Laugh Factory, Jam in the Van, Store. I love performing on the weekend in L.A. I love the road, um, which I will be on until the end of the year. Um, And I love that. But, uh, man, shows in L.A. just rock. Last night was special. Had some good hangs and good chats at the store. Seen a lot of people I hadn't seen in a hot minute, so that was great. Um, But uh, excited to get back on the road uh, this weekend. I'm going to be in Chicago at Zany's. I haven't been here in like eight to nine years, and I am so pumped to come back to Zany's in Chicago in Old Town. Come out and see your boy August 24th through the 26th. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. What else? After that, ooh, baby, we are going to St. Petersburg, Florida to do Coastal Creative September 9th. Uh, Sorry, September 8th and 9th. Uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, Coastal Creative, September 8th and 9th. That's near Tampa. Come out and see your boy. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. And then, of course, Philly. We're coming to the punchline September 14th through the 16th in Philadelphia. Come out and see me September 14th through the 16th at the punchline. That's all in preparation to shoot my special. I know I just dropped one on YouTube, and I love you guys for watching it. If you haven't seen it, Adam Ray live in Portland at the Get Down is on my YouTube channel. Shot by the great Randall Lawrence. Edited by the great Randall Lawrence and his crew. They crushed it. It, live in Portland on my YouTube channel. It's uh, it's a whole new 40 minutes of, of stand-up that you haven't seen and that you won't see because I'm doing a new hour uh, September 22nd and 23rd at Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm shooting another special. This is the big one. I love what I dropped on YouTube live from Portland. Go check that out. Give it some love. Also check out Dr. Phil live at the Comedy Store with Bill Burr, also on my YouTube. I think we're just over 400,000 on that. Um, but I can't wait to shoot this new special. Still coming up with the title. I will have a title soon. Shooting it September 22nd and 23rd at Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. Come out, support your boy, buy some tickets. All those tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. Today's episode is a banger. Holy shit. We're talking one of Seattle's living legends. It was a treat to uh, sit down with this guy. I've gotten to know him over the last few years. I've been a fan of him for even longer. Uh, radio host, personality, um, friend of the city and uh, and family for our Seattle Seahawks. Um, it's G. Scott, the one and only G. Scott, man. This guy has lived a life. You want to talk about inspiring stories, this is the episode for you, man. G's one of the nicest, kindest, and uh, funniest dudes I've met in a long time. And his story is, uh, is bonkers, man. Um, used to wash cars for the Seahawks. And, uh, and, and grinded and worked his way into the hearts and the minds of uh, players, coaches, and, and like I said, the city, man. The guy's now a staple of our city and uh, is all over the airwaves and all over uh, Seahawks media. And, um, and he's just a gangster, dude. He's got a great radio voice. He's got a great radio mind. Um, and, uh, and we sat down and chopped it up for, uh, for close to an hour. And it's one of my favorite conversations I've had in a hot minute. So enjoy the hell out of this one. Follow G on Twitter and Instagram at G Scott senior. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, or threads, I guess. And TikTok at Adam Ray comedy. I'm posting new clips every day. And of course, go, uh, subscribe on YouTube to the podcast at ALN podcast. And of course, to Adam Ray comedy on YouTube, check out live from Portland, the special and the Dr. Phil with Bill Burr also on my YouTube channel. And of course, come out and see me on the road, man. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com, Chicago this weekend, then uh, Tampa, Philly, and of course, the special in Madison, Wisconsin, September 22nd and 23rd at Comedy on State. A lot of great episodes coming up. If you haven't listened to the Nikki Glazer episode, that is up. That was from last week. We got Melissa Villasenor coming up. Troy Gentile from the Goldbergs. We got Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Holy shit. A lot of bangers coming through. So uh, so get subscribed, get excited, and get ready. And also, get all your Adam Ray merch at adamraycommy.com hoodies beanies hats galore and pins coming at you as well but uh i think that's enough chit chat for now let's get into the episode a brand new episode of the about last night podcast coming at you right now with seattle's own g scott hey it's herbert mm-hmm. and you're listening to the about last night podcast you slippery little son of a bitch mm-hmm. about last night. <laughs> 
guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, live here in Seattle. So when I come up, I'm coming up on my third week being home. And uh, you know what? It's the first time in a while that I've been okay with that and haven't had FOMO uh, for back in L.A. or just anywhere but Seattle. But that's because I get opportunities to do cool shit, be around cool people. Like today, G. Scott. My man. In the house. <laughs> Kyle Brown as well, but Kyle's not on mic. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. G. Scott, so I've known about you for um, quite some time. I, I think your intro into the Seattle sports world was probably what year specifically, where you would say someone like me would have been like, oh, yeah, I fuck with that guy. I think the very beginning would probably be after the Marshawn Lynch interview uh, that happened, and so that would be uh, October of 2014. That would probably be the first time that you may be like, hmm, who, who, who is this dude? Yeah. He cleans cars for the Seahawks? <laughs> what, what, Prove I, it. Trying to understand why is he talking and doing sports? And then... Um, and that after, interview, by the way, what happened in that interview that, that really... Uh, first of all, it's an interview with Beast Mode. Yeah, at a time where he wasn't interviewing with anyone, uh -uh. right? And so... More than a couple he, syllables. Right? So here, this interview, it kind of goes national. It's being talked about, right? That happens. How did you get, first of all, in a position to chat with Marshawn? Uh, well, as you know, that uh, at the time, I was cleaning the Seahawks cars. I was car the, C the Seattle Seahawks car detailer. I had been doing that since 2003. How do you get that gig? Man walked up, drove up in a beat-up van, and was like, uh, can I clean your car for free? But I didn't go in the front door, right? It's always a gatekeeper, right? In every profession, in every business, there's always a gatekeeper. Sure. And so as someone who used to do door-to-door -door sales all through California. Of course you and, did. And if there's anyone that's in California that worked for DS Max, right, and used to do door-to-door -door as a matter of fact, you know who used to do it? Who? Chris Pratt. No yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Lake whole, Stevens finest. Yeah, so the whole door-to-door, -door, whether you did clearance or advertising, you start to understand, like, hmm, if I go right there in the front door, I'm going to get the, uh, no thank you. <laughs> so let me wait in the back door. And yeah. at the time, Adam, it was, uh, the Seahawks facility was at Northwest College out there in Kirkland. Right. I waited there at 5.30 in the morning. Now, it's a black man in Kirkland, 5.30 in the morning with a beat-up van. Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll keep, we'll keep it right here. <laughs> so in, in, in that situation. So anyways, long story short, uh, I started doing cars then, and I kept going. Somebody came by, Eric Kennedy, shout out to EK, who is the equipment manager, still to this day for the Seahawks. He let me clean his vehicle. After that, he brought back Coach Holmgren, who was the coach at the time, yeah. brought his car down, and then they said, hey, can you come back the next day? I came back the next day. The rest was history, wow. and I cleaned vehicles there for 11 years wow look at you putting in the time putting in the time making the relationships clean. let me ask you this you must have presented yourself in a fashionable manner because you know there are and no judgment some people that are trying to clean cars but they'll usually approach you in the middle of the freeway they're scratching a little bit too hard sure you know, hey my man my <laughs> man hey you got some dirty windows i need some shit, shit. Right, so right. i'm assuming that you came up with a little uh less um you know uh, 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 fewer rashes to scratch and you came up what just did you have a pitch did you sit down you strike me as someone that's uh not at a loss for words because you um i feel like you're a you're a real present guy for lack of a better word like moment to moment i feel like you're fucking dialed in and i feel like what you see is what you get all the time with you were you like that in that space in your life well it came from my presentation and my ass yeah came from the experience with door-to-door. -door. Gotcha. Because I did door-to-door -door sales okay. for so many years. You knew you were always going to do something with people, yeah? People. Yeah. Well, I, I believe in his life. In order for anyone to make it, you need other people. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. when you talk about, you said, oh, usually there's a presentation. Oh, man, can I can you clean your car? Yeah. Interesting that you say that. Because the idea to go out and clean people's cars on the spot came from a moment when I was in the Central District at the barbershop and a gentleman came in and asked to clean people's cars wow. for $5. He had a bucket and some water. When I saw that, I thought, wow, 
that would be a good idea, a mobile detailing service that goes to people. Problem is, I didn't know how to clean cars at the time. Right. So I ended up going to work for a detail shop to learn, and you. then the rest was history. And so back to how I was in the position yeah. to ask Marshawn yeah. that situation. Well, I had known Marshawn since he had got traded from Buffalo to the Seahawks in 2010. So by this moment, um, when I found out that 710, the Seattle Sports Station, was going to give us an opportunity to interview – I said, hmm, I'm going to ask Marshawn, and if he does it, that would help me out. Marshawn pulls up at the facility. I'm in the back. Is out there at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center over there in Renton off exit 7. I'm there. Sean pulls up. He's getting ready to get out of the car. I said, Sean. We call him Sean. Sean, man, I need your help. I said, man, they're giving me an opportunity, giving us an opportunity to do uh, radio on the 710, the Seattle Sports Station. I need your help, man. If you come on, it would really help me out. Sean's like, okay. But here's the thing. It, it, it needs to be about before 6 o'clock. It's got to be before 6 o'clock because after 6 o'clock, I, I, I ain't doing nothing. So you want to do it? Let's do it. He comes on. Wow. The rest is history. Wow. How long and, did you guys chat for? Maybe about... 20, 30 minutes? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a deep cut of a combo, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, all right, so you you fascinate me, man, because you're uh, – I think anybody that looks at anybody that's, um, that's doing something that they're good at and that they love, I think it's easy for uh, people to just go like, oh, yeah, duh, of course he's doing that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, man, there's, there's a lot of uh, grind that's not on – the paper. There's no formula to do what we do in any sort of, I think, media entertainment um, business. There's no, you do this, you do that. You go to that school, you take this class, um, and your path is like, you know, case in point on that, where there's truly no, you just have to, I guess, want it so bad that you're willing to figure it out. I guess I want to know, like, what um, luck. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Great. Flat out luck. And what I mean by luck, so that interview happens in 2014. I'm still not on the air full time, okay? And then you're not washing cars at this point. I'm no? still I'm still washing cars. Gotcha. I'm still yeah. I'm still washing cars. And so most of your do you think that a lot of your relationships with the organization and the players came from that? Just, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eleven years. Uh, and when I say washing cars, I'm not talking about going to the Seahawk facility like once a week. No, I was there four or five days a week. In the parking lot. That's literally what I do. There's people to this day that probably, who maybe they don't listen to radio, haven't followed me forever. They're like, oh, yeah, the car wash dude? Wow. I'm probably wow. known as the That's car fun. wash By dude. By the way, awesome. No no doubt. Yeah. But the reason why I say luck, I'll simplify it, and how these are the things that I cannot script out. So luck would be I was told, like, hey, if the Seahawks win against the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game, there's a good chance that we might fly you down with the Seattle Sports Station because you know the players and you can get some interviews. Now, if you go back to the NFC Championship game again against Green Bay, you know that that game did not go right for uh, the Seahawks. Uh. It was not going well. Four interceptions. Jermaine Curse was dropping footballs. It was going the wrong way at the game. However, the game turned miraculously in the favor of the Seahawks. The Seahawks go to the Super Bowl. So, bam, first piece of luck, that game was my first piece of luck that sent me down to go to cover the Super Bowl. That's one. Then, were you foaming at the mouth for the opportunity? At, when, once knowing that you were going to get to go, were when you I, like, oh, it's over? When I told my dad about that, he was weeping and crying on the phone. Wow. And he said to me, he said, this is your moment. Cool. This is your breakthrough. Everything's going to open up from here on out. Now, I didn't see that. Sure. I just thought, hey, I'm just going down to the Super Bowl. Just how you no, should be approaching it. Right? Like, okay, I, one I thing didn't at see a time. that. Yeah. But then 2015 comes. I have an opportunity to do sports. Now I'm doing a show every single day. But that last a year, I was fired. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I, was, I wasn't fired. The show was canceled. Sure. And when the show was canceled, it was canceled because someone was getting ready to come and do his own show. And that someone name was the professor, John Clayton. Mm. 
right? So you, everyone knows who, may he rest in peace. Sure. Everybody knows who John Clayton is. So they said to me, hey, your show's canceled, but we want to give you an opportunity to maybe work alongside John Clayton. So for over a year and a half, I'm doing a daily show with the professor, John Clayton. Luck number two. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Learned a and lot. Learned a lot. It's the professor, yeah. right? Learned a lot doing that. And so that is what I'm trying to say is, is yes, I worked hard, but yes, Adam, there was a lot of luck to it, bro. Th there is that. I think I think you're uh there's a certain amount of uh ignorance to not think that there isn't luck involved in in some of the um opportunity because I think right place, right time is just another way of saying luck, right? I mean, like you you did all the work on your end. You can I'm a big advocate to like controlling what you can control. Sure. And then just like hoping that like you've done enough of that and been disciplined enough to put yourself in a position to when like a moment comes along like you had, but also you asking Marshawn, like you you know, being a, a, a good dude and not a piece of shit and being, you know, um willing to uh wash the cars and not think not have an ego about it and knowing this is an opportunity for me to like meet people and to develop some rapport and then like if that rapport turns into stuff where it can be i'm sure you weren't doing that with the mindset of like oh, hopefully i get to be cool with one of these guys to a certain point to where that i can have them on my show but when i clean cars adam when i clean cars I, now this is where you guys can laugh at me i in my mind would say to myself oh well, that player had that good game because I cleaned their car <laughs> a few days before. Wow. Or that player continues to do well yeah. because I cleaned their car. Now, there's people that's probably like, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> All right, maybe I am. But that's how I thought. I thought that what I brought, and, and as a matter of fact, if you go to all NFL organizations, we see the product and we see the players on the field. But what we don't see are the support. Oh, yeah inside of the buildings, right? We don't see the people that prepare their food. We don't see the trainers. We don't see the equipment folks right there. We don't see the upstairs, the downstairs. There's a lot more to the NFL team being successful than what you see on the field. Ask the Cleveland Browns, ask the Detroit Lions. Ooh, ooh sorry about that. <laughs> my bad. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Cause I don't, my bad. My, sorry. Yeah, shit. We'll, we'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. There's a lot behind the scenes that you're right. People don't get to see. And what goes into making uh, a player feel comfy to do their thing. I see that all the time uh, being in a comedy club. It's like I try to chum it up with the staff, the owner, the book, everybody. Because the more comfy I am, the more comfy I am to do my thing off. Uh, the more comfy I am off stage, the more comfy I am to do my thing on stage. Because I just feel connected i feel comfortable i know that like i've shown an interest in them uh and so they're like oh cool he gives a fuck well maybe i'm gonna not that they wouldn't have worked hard anyway to be doing their tables but they're like oh like i want i want this guy to win now sure and i'm i'm like that with them you know always shouting them out during the show take care whatever so there's a a, a back and forth i think that is almost needed and so for you to think that a clean car might have been the the thing that set off uh, marshawn for the beast quake Hey, man, who knows if he had an extra pep to his step because he pulled up that day feeling good. You look good, you feel good, right? I don't know. I'm glad you mentioned the Beast Quake in Marshawn. Yeah. And I want to go back to 2010. I want to go back to when Marshawn first got here because the, uh, let's just say I thought Marshawn hated my guts. No way. Yeah. So Marshawn, when he gets here from uh, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. he's traded here. Uh, at the time, he had a Porsche. He had a brown it was kind of ugly, but it was a brown Cayenne Porsche, right? And it was really dirty. I mean, duh, it was in Buffalo, yeah. but it was really bad, really bad. So I'm just assuming, I'm like, every single time he show up to the phone, like, hey, can, can I clean your car today? No, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. This dude would not speak to me. Rejected you. At all. So then, the moment happened to where I knew someone and they were out at practice. And I'm like, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get his keys, mm. and I'm just going to clean his vehicle. Oh, shit. Bold move. At the time, I'm thinking, bold move as in he's going to love that. Yes, good. He's going to love that. Got to be delusional. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> Which I think you, I was. You got to be, though. <laughs> but, so I'm cleaning a car. And for some reason, at that moment, I'm halfway through, and Marshawn comes out and says, 
Well, what are you doing? Nobody tell you to clean my car. Put it back. I got half soap on one side. Oh, no. Half no soap on another side. I got to put the vehicle back. So now the vehicle's going to look even oh, worse. Oh, no. Not even letting you finish the job. Not even letting you. Oh, so I, the moment. And then now, after that, day after day, I just would see him. I'd kind of hide my head. Oh, I wouldn't fuck, say nothing man. to him. I'm like, this dude hates me. I don't like him. But then we fast forward to, of course, that was against the Beast Quake. It was against the Saints. Uh, they won that game. Huge moment for Seattle. It was yeah. crazy here at the stadium. And then we go into the offseason. And in the offseason, he says one time, he's like, um, hey, want to clean my car? And so finally, Adam, it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude. Marshawn Lynch is going to let me clean his car. I cleaned I feel like it. you made it. I made it. Because I, like, I don't know, the tides have turned. He's I, like, I, I opened it. up to you. Here's the problem. Oh, no. <laughs> After I clean the vehicle, this is one of those moments where you're like, do I ask him for pay? Or do I not say anything? Oh, man. And so I put the keys back. Car's clean. Next day, nothing. Next day, nothing. Doesn't say anything, but no problem. I'm not asking you for pay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Doesn't even, I, 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 I ask him how it was. He said, oh, it's cool. Nothing. And then one day, maybe a couple months later, he comes by and he gives me a wad of cash and said, Thanks for that car. Wad wow. of cash. Wow, dude. Yes. So again, that is Marshawn. Oh, it, 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 it was a little over three hundred bucks. So big time. Yeah. How so much were you charging people? It was like fifty dollars. Wow. <laughs> so dude. that was so that was a big moment. So again, shout out to Marshawn Lynch. You guys, you know, like oh, something about that Marshawn. That's because he's a real one. He's he one is. of the greatest human beings there out there. Why do you think you connected with him more so than other people have? Uh, failed at like what do you is he just a guy that is almost like he's just picky with people i don't think that i necessarily connected with him any better than anyone else in that building i just think that marshawn is a um i don't know if you know people in your life that really watch people that really just are really silent and 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 look at all of the characteristics of people that's marshawn he's always watching other people and so he's not a phony like we go to the grocery store and you, we say hello, hello, yeah. and we give fake hellos. Marshawn doesn't give fake hellos. He just rather, I would assume, he just won't even speak to you. So I think that's the difference. Wow. And so I don't think I did anything special. I just think that maybe the consistency of me yeah. being in yeah. my lane, yeah. which was a car wash dude, yeah. I think he was he was cool with that. Like, you know what, that bro, he works hard. And I think that's one of the reasons why he helped give me that moment when it was time for that interview on air. You also read the room. You had tact. I think people appreciate, like, you not asking him for pay after you did that, after, like, letting time go. Like, he saw that whole thing unfold and goes, all right, this guy came in hot. I said no. He had balls and fucking did it anyway, which, who knows, he could have gone home that day and laughed with his boys about how you did that and not been actually perturbed. But then, like, you let it sit and simmer, and then time passed, didn't ask for pay. He let then he decided to let you back in the circle of trust and take care of it for him. But like it went the way that it should have gone for him to um to I guess uh, want to fuck with you, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think uh, and you can speak to this better than anyone because you're a, a jack of all trades. I mean, I just saw you fucking pull off. I don't know. You were such a, a seasoned auctioneer at the Champions of Change Gala, and then uh, and then the Sunkadia event. I mean, dude, you're like, I feel like you got that in your pinky. Do you got things that you? that you do that like you don't even access on a daily basis skill wise where you're like oh i'll find something for that at some point like Mm -hmm. i mean the auctioneering comes from from what just like having the gift of gab and then you're like oh i could probably do that let me try to do that or what i think the auctioneering and everything that people see me currently do now comes from the culture that pete carroll established over with the seahawks organization When we talk about luck, a lot of where things are for me today comes back, goes back to that organization. And if you, and if there's any Seahawks fans that are listening right now, I want to explain the culture of Pete Carroll is simple. It is a culture in which there are people that come in and it's almost like you kind of got a chip on your shoulder. It's almost like 
the angle of people that are from the Pacific Northwest that always feels like we don't get any respect on the national level, yeah, right? Yeah. And there is this, like, there's people that come in there that are ordinary people, but the culture makes you want to do extraordinary things because on a daily basis, you focus on winning the day. You don't focus on, I want to make a million dollars. Or I want to do all these things and I have all these goals. The first thing you got to do is, is you have to win the day. And that's why when Pete Carroll talks about one game at a time and like that moment, you got to win that moment. And so I think the auctioneering and everything that I'm doing today, it really comes from me being, in my opinion, around the culture and some of the members that were part of that, some of the greatest to ever do it. Like, when you start talking about, at that point in time, there was a time where the Seahawks had probably and arguably the best at each position. Yeah. I'd argue and say Marshawn Lynch was probably, arguably, the one of the best running backs at that time. Yeah. Richard Sherman was probably one of the best corners at that time. Cam Chancellor Earl Thomas, the best. We're not talking about average. We're talking about yeah. the best. So when you're around that four to five days every single week, four or five days a week, and you're around that culture. Feed off that. You feed off that, man. Wow. You feed off Does of it that. really start with, I know you talked about it at great length, uh, with your KJ All Day pod now, by the way, available and streaming everywhere, which is a great new uh, venture because you and KJ, I was telling you this at the gala, man, you really – KJ's a well-spoken dude, but you bring out an extra layer uh, of conversation with him that just makes him comfy. You're also, like you said, you're like, I'm I'm the bad guy. I, I want to ask the questions that he might not want to ask some of the guests. Um, but you guys get great uh, great people on, and, and the some of the insight is stuff that I feel like you're giving fans a chance to finally be a fly on the wall the way that, like, every fan desires during the season. I know, like, you get a little taste with hard knocks, but, like, the podcast, I feel like, is even more raw because – you guys are just shooting the shit. And so you'll see stories pop up where they're like, oh, I haven't told this before. I haven't thought about this. And those are great moments. But when you were around the, the like you said, the culture of, of Pete Carroll and the Hawks, does it is it really like, do you look at Pete and what he does and what he stands for and you go, oh, he is in a, a place of his own with the way that he has kind of um, curated these um, personalities and, and people that want to work for him. People gravitate towards him, right? There's a reason for that. Um, from your vantage point and being around him and, and getting to know him, is it, uh, is it like a one, is there like one approach that he has to just, the, does he love life or is he like, you know, how do you become that, um, I guess, influential for so many people? I think that um, if you go to the history of Pete Carroll and what he has gone through in his coaching career, you go through what he, when he was head coach of the Patriots, he was fired when he was coach of the Jets. He was fired, mm. right? So when he did all those things, and if you read his book, and his book Win Forever, he talks about that and how if he ever got another chance and the way he would do things. And so when he went to USC and people are like, well, how did he have so much success at USC? And I didn't understand because I wasn't there at USC yeah. until I got to see him do it here. I think that the key to Pete Carroll is simple. In order for his recipe and plan to work, it only works if everyone is bought in. Mm. The moment you're not bought in to the culture and what he's doing, you're no longer a Seahawk. You're gone. And that's happened. Oh, man. So anyone that has not made the cut or been sent off, a.k.a. Percy Harvey, whatever, it's that you just weren't, you weren't on board. It's the only way. It's the only way it works. Yeah. If if you know when Pete you Carroll when he first got here, right? There are over a hundred and something transactions when he first got here in two thousand and ten. No way. And you start looking at that, and you start looking at things, and so everyone has this opinion. Well, well, this player is going to be gone, so the Seahawks are going to do this, and this player is going to be gone. And so, if there's anybody listening, have you ever been wrong about the Seahawks? Have you ever predicted that the Seahawks would do this, oh, yeah. but they ended up doing that? I mean, last year, case in point, anybody. <laughs> Did you see that coming at all? Geno Smith was a 10-year backup. Yeah, dude. He was a pro bowler last year. Bought in. Bought in and every, the entire organization. So 
Adam, I got to tell you, I mean, sometimes I want to write a book, but then sometimes, and most times, I don't write the book. And the reason why is because, here's the truth, I could stop right now and write the book on what I saw and how it has changed my life. But the thing is, is every time I reflect on what I saw in the culture in which I was in, I have a better understanding of it day after day. Yeah. Every like today I'm talking to you. Tomorrow as people are listening to this, I'm going to come up with something else, an aha moment yeah. that's like, "Oh, but I remember that." It's almost like the gift that keeps on going. That schooling for me and being if you will a fly on the wall, the car wash guy during that time has led to so much in my life. I've been not only applying for me, as you know, my son, I don't know if you did know, but my son is a tight end at The Ohio State University. Like some of those things I was able to take and apply it into my life. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Well, it's another new year. We made it, 2023. We did it, congratulations. Hug yourself, touch yourself. So that when you ask yourself who touched you, you know who it was. You got goals, guys, okay? You want to achieve all of them, every single one of them. And Factor is here to help you do that. So if you're looking to fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritionist, nutritionist, nutritious meals, yikes. You ever just forget how to read? Meals delivered straight to your door, um, then Factor's the place to go, okay? They, uh, they leave you time and energy to tackle everything else on your to-do list so you don't have to worry about where and what you're eating. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and start saving time eating well and living your best life yet. If you love Factor, probably because you're too busy to cook and you don't like going to the grocery store and potentially, you know, um, running into somebody uh, from your past, and you want to skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, well, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and all you need is heat, and, uh, and a positive attitude. So whether your lifestyle is keto, calorie smart, vegan, protein plus options are on the menu each week. They're prepared by chefs and approved diet- dietitians, not these unapproved dietitians. And each meal has all the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options are there for you. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add ons. Cut back on takeout and get factor instead. Okay, it's ready to make, ready to eat food in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with factor. Each meal is prepared by the chefs that know what you want and they're excited to give it to you. So head to factormeals.com slash last night 50 and use promo code last night 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's insane. I didn't know that was the deal until I just read it. That's crazy. 50% off at factormeals.com slash last night 50 and you're going to get 50% off your first box. That's insane. So you got to do it. There's no better deal out there and no better food as well. Factor.com slash about last night. Oh, wait, slash last night 50. Okay, do that. Is football your favorite sport? It is. Did you play? No, I was. Co- I played college basketball. Wow, where at? I Tri-State University is now trying university. Now it's in the north. It's in the northeast corner of Indiana. It's you, in, is that where you grew up? I grew up in Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah. So when you grew up in Chicago, went to military school at Howe Military in Howe, Indiana. Shout out. And then went to and then I went to Tri-State University, which is in Angola, Indiana. And um, I think that football is my favorite sport. Because football is truly a microcosm of what life is. Mm. Like, Adam, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, you can do all of those things. You are still going to need other people to gain success. No matter what. I don't care how great you are. You're like, oh, but what about tech? And what about coding? Well, AI is coming now, so don't tell me about how you don't need other people. You need other people. Will Smith tried to warn us. <laughs> iRobot was based on a true story. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, dude. There, um, There's no shortage of people that think that, yeah, like, dude, Jordan needed Pippen. You know what I'm saying? And Kerr and Kukoc and Bill Wennington. It's like there's no way to do uh to be great without uh, and not even assistance or a boost but just like you know um people to push you directly and indirectly right Mm -hmm. like that's why i love being in la it's like 
I feed off the energy of uh, being around a lot of people that are going for it, you know? And there are fake it till you makers, but there's that in any business, in any city. And you see that out and you, you pick up on that and you kind of, you know, hopefully get good as you get older and seasoned of surrounding your people that do, uh, that push you. Uh, whether you're, it's from you looking at their shit and doing the compare and despair thing, which everybody does if you're scrolling through social media. Fuck, he got that. All right. Well, hopefully you use that as fuel to the fire and not... And not, you know, letting it take you down and being like, fuck, I guess I'm, things aren't going my way. Well, fucking, what are you doing? I always try to turn it around if I find myself going down that path of like, fuck, like I, I you know, I, I want to, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, get my special together. And then, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta find ways to use the, uh, the shit that can take you down to, to fuel you, I think. You do. And um, growing in, in Chicago, you told me at the gala too, was like, yeah, pretty, Pretty dark, heavy area, yeah, where you grew up. Like, there was a lot. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, south side of Chicago is south side of Chicago, right? Like, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, right? Uh, you start talking about 1992, which almost had a 1,000 homicides oh in the city of Chicago, right? Like, you know, people are like, ooh, it must have been so dangerous. Ooh, what did you do? I don't know. That's why I was born. I didn't know. I didn't know any different. Like, I thought that where I lived, that it was like this everywhere. Right, I, I had no understanding that no basis for comparison. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I, I get on TV, I watch Silver Spoons, I watch A Team, I watch all these different things, and I'm thought, oh, okay, just different neighborhoods based on TV, you know, right? But um, growing up in Chicago, uh, yeah, I learned a learned a lot living living there. Ninety nine percent of my family is still back in Chicago. Wow. And um, and I, and I think that um, perseverance. Uh, fighting through adversity is a step and a lesson that I learned living in Chicago. And I can, I always, and people are probably listening to me, they're like, well, this dude is always giving credit to all these different things is because that is the reason for who I am today. I'm who I am because of situ- other situations, other cities and or towns, other people. That is why I am who I am today. And I believe that every unfortunate circumstance that I've been in, and one of the things that I shared with you, and I'll share it with with everyone listening right now. In 2009, after the Great Recession hit, when I was cleaning cars during that time, a lot of clients that I had during that time were real estate agents. A lot of times were mortgage brokers. So I was getting in a lot with that. But then we all know that 2008, the Great Recession hit, and then it got real in 2009. I'm still trying to hold on and hold on. And then finally, I couldn't hold on no more. And at that point, I was living in my car, right? And so, look, whether you're living in your car, whether you're couch surfing, whether you're, it, look, the being unhoused is there's a lot of people that have A, either done it, or B, you're about one missed paycheck away from being in that situation. So it is not like some, you were unhoused for a second? No, it's a lot of people that's been unhoused. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people who might not even admit it that wow. they have been unhoused. But I bring that up to tell you is those moments, that moment of being unhoused, I believe they say uh, on the other side of struggle is success. Mm. That helped me. That was my bottom during that time when I am sleeping in the car uh, it was on Lake City Way. There's a Dick's drive-thru oh, right yeah. there off Dick's. It was You're an right apartment there. complex. I used to sleep right there. And then there used to be, at the time, it's LA Fitness now, it used to be a Miekos Fitness. That's where I used to go and shower, in the Miekos Fitness. Most of my car detailing equipment had been pawned off. I pawned all those things off, trying to make it, get money from Peter to pay Paul. And again... Another moment where I ran into a current Seahawk by the name of Rob Sims, who, after a while, gave me a place to stay when I finally told him of my situation. It wasn't right away, but he did. And he gave me a place to stay. I lived in his spare bedroom, rent-free. I would drive for him on the side. I would clean his cars, all that kind of stuff. You offered that up, or was he kind of like... Was there a caveat? He was like, you can crash here, but you got to pay your way somehow or what? No, no, no. It was do your thing. It was There was no stipulations. Yeah. He's still my one of my best friends today. He's wow. in Detroit now. Um, but again, another moment, a lucky moment where someone saves my life. Luckily, Adam, 
I didn't have a substance abuse problem. Yeah. I had a food problem, though. That was my drug. I eat food. Yeah, you've slowed the fuck down, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I never know how to say, like, it, people, you should always tell someone when you see a significant weight change, right? Like, I feel, because it, it, it feels good to know, like, okay, cool, people are recognizing, but... Um, I don't know. You never seemed like you, but I guess if you look back at pictures. But I just, when I first saw you at the gala too, I was like, oh man, did the suit? I was like, oh, this guy enjoyed buying this suit because it fits you well. And I'm like, there's probably a time where you're like, I can't wear shit like this. Or if I can, I, I'm not buttoning it. <laughs> I'm not buttoning it. <laughs> um, what did you, uh, okay, she had a food problem. I had a food problem. But, well, I don't know if it was a problem. It was yeah. comfort. Yeah. Right? Like um, In the down times, I mean, that's... I mean, like, you, there are people right now that, um, I don't know, we, 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 how do you cope, right? Yeah. Like, some people, heroin, meth. Yeah. Right? Drinking. Um, some type of vice. This is why I I empathize with people with different addictions out oh, yeah. there. And, by the way, uh, sugar, right? Sugar is... As addictive oh, yeah. than heroin. Yeah. Right? And so the judgment that happens when people have a drug addiction, I, I I make it a point to talk about my food problem. And the reason why I do is because people say, Oh, well, you know what, gee, you you made it. You you were unhoused and look at you, you made it. Maybe some of these other folks out here, they could be like you. No, the difference is is sometimes when you're unhoused, you try to uh use something to get away from reality. Yeah. Right? And drugs wasn't my thing, but food was. Yeah. Every single night, a lot of food. By the way, shout out to Dick's Burgers. They used to come through for your boy. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they come through for your boy. Wow. Yeah. What was your order? What is your order? Oh, that Dick's Deluxe, baby. All day, baby. All day. <laughs> Get Dick's Deluxe. Get a shake? You got to, right? Nah, you know, I didn't like shakes. Really? Yeah, I didn't like shakes. That's not really my thing. I mean, it's cool. What's your go-to beverage if you're going to kick back and have a uh, Seattle G. Scott day? What are you doing? What's your meal? Oh, today? In Seattle. If, you gotta, it- if you're having a G. Scott me day... And you're heading out, you're by yourself, maybe you're going to the game with some homies later, and you're getting a dinner uh, pregame, or, or, or I guess maybe just no even game. Where are you going if you got the whole day to yourself? All right. Um, this is a safe place right now? Break it down for us. Okay. So No, no judgment. I have this weird thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have this weird thing about really eating in front of others. Okay. I hear that. So you're like, so when you say this day, let's say Adam and I are hanging out. Yeah. If we're hanging out, we're yeah. doing stuff. You and I, we're hanging out. We're going to do our thing. If we do go and stop off and get something to eat, it's whatever. I don't. You pick. I don't really have a go-to. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll get a little something. I'll nibble a little something. Right? You're not going to just see the real me. But then it's like, all right, Adam, I'll see you later. Now it's time for like, oh, but gee, where do you really want to go? Yeah. I'm going to tell you where I want to go, baby. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where I'm going. Where is that? I'm going to Burger King. Let's go. You heard me. Put the kitty crown on. Come on, man. I'm going to I'm going to Burger King. What are you getting? And I'm ordering right now um, two to three Impossible Burgers. Let's go. They, right? They come through with those, by come the way. Come through. Wait a minute. Then I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to hit the burgers. I don't want no fries though, because Burger King, y'all terrible with the fries. You fucked it up somehow. Then I'm a I'm a go stop by. So I'm I'm eating a burger in the car. I'm rolling the McDonald's. You said it's a free day. Yeah. So I go to McDonald's and I go get me two orders of large fry, baby. Boom. Two orders of large fry. You know what? I want no salt. I want no salt on my fries. Then that way they got to make my stuff fresh. Wow. And they go give it to me. By the way, can I have a few salt packets? Let me put the salt on. <laughs> so now I know my fries is going to be hot, baby. So now I'm in the car. Oh, and the reason why, well, why are you eating in the car? Interesting you say that. There's something about um, doing it in the car. Then by the time I get home, my wife, hopefully she don't listen to this show right here, right? My wife has no idea, and I just walk in the house. That is my moment. I love Burger King burgers, and I love to get McDonald's fries. That's my free one. Combining the two best worlds. I mean, you're not wrong because Burger King's fries could use an upgrade, and McDonald's burgers... I, just, I don't know if you ever did it right. Come you on. Know? You had that clown to distract us from those shitty patties you were squeezing <laughs> between those buns. Yeah, good so, call, man. So that's my free time. Um, 
Do you uh, have you adopted to living in like? There's obviously people that have come here. You sometimes hear like a a sulk being from the East Coast, and sometimes I hear in his talking about Seattle, where I'm like, oh, it feels like he's still looking at it from from the East Coast. He's looking at Seattle not from being here, and now he's been here long enough where he's I feel like a, a, a Seattleite. And but there's still something about not growing up in a place and coming here. Do you feel like you're now? gotten fully acclimated you've had enough experiences here what do you think it takes for someone to to move to a a city like this to where you go all right i should be accepted the way i feel uh i give back to this city Hmm. you need to be making money (laughs) like like no straight up yeah like in la seattle let's be real it is hard when you're struggling financially in uh, L.A. Oh, yeah. or Seattle. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, like people are like, oh, but you can, it's hard everywhere. Yeah, true. It is hard everywhere when you're struggling financially. But L.A., mm. Seattle, oh, yeah. I'm talking about where you, you talk about your break even is X amount of dollars and you know every single morning you got to wake up. So I think that in Seattle, what does it take to get acclimated here? First of all, you need to make sure you're able to pay for yourself yeah. and do that, that's number one. And number two, I would say average, you need about, Need about close to five plus years yeah. to really get acclimated. Me, this town, no doubt about it. I got different my go tos. You asked about my little food and stuff like that. But back to the food on rainy days and it's sunny. I mean, rainy days, I'm gonna have some pho, right? Like I mean, that's what you do yeah. when you're in this town, oh, yeah. right there. Do you, you mind start the rain? Acc- Not at all. Yeah. I don't mind the rain at all. First yeah. of all, L.A. had more rain than Seattle this year. Yeah, no shit, dude. You you, you know what I'm we saying? And and, and and that's the secret to Seattle. Everybody says, oh. 12 months out of there, nine months out of the year, it It rains so much. I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, it sure does. Yeah. Stay away. Never move here. Never never, relocate. Yeah, yeah, don't come here. Don't overpopulate our city. That is the beauty thing. One of the things here, you know what you can can do in Seattle really well? Breathe. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, dude. Breathe. Noticeable when you get off the plane. My homeboy's like, man, every time I come to Seattle, I get the best sleep. That's because you can breathe, yeah. bro. Look at all the trees and the greenery, know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, so, so again, I think that uh, yes, I have definitely acclimated. My kids are here in this town, and so yeah. Uh, do you have um, do you have something that you, being such like a well-spoken dude, do you um, how much do you love? I mean, sports, and then obviously, you know, there's a lot of non-sports talk on uh, on G and Ursula show, right? Sure. Um, has that always been an interest of yours to kind of span the gamut with just yes. um yeah you've yeah. been like that in life like you can be at a barbecue and talk you know seattle sports for 30 minutes but then you can flip it around and talk you know current events social issues mm-hmm. yeah i mean what uh what i talk about on the gene ursula show i talk about what you talk about in regular life yeah. right like um only so i'm mean, right wrong or whatever sports is well oh i was wrong about I think the yeah. Seahawks are going to do this. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. Next day. But then you start talking about what's going on in real life. And we there's real life. There's big decisions that are happening. And you could say, well, I don't get into politics. Or That's fine. That's cool. Because if you don't get into politics, politics gets into you. Right? So you better be paying attention. Or maybe you don't pay attention. And I can almost argue that sometimes life is better. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, like totally. sometimes when you're not like, oh, you know what? I'm not even paying attention. My life's better. Cool. Well, somebody is going to be impacted by those things. So I do love I just Adam, right? Like that's why you and I, we we, we hit it off so yeah. much, man. You a great dude. You a solid dude. And I think that um, if you cut off radio, you cut off social media, get outside of your bubble and you get to get out here in the world, people are, let me, let me repeat this. People are awesome. People are fantastic. Yeah. Right? Well, how do I know this? Go to a grocery store. When's the last time you went to the grocery store and you got in an argument with somebody? You don't. Man, yeah. Because that is the I mean, when truth. I worked at Albertsons in high school quite a bit, just because I was a little dickhead kid that was, you know, <laughs> right? sorry, you can't return meat that's already been half eaten and has green spots on it, sir. <laughs> I might be 17, but I know that. Right? So most people are, are good people. Yeah. But a lot of times we're having this judgment about our world through the lens of social media. Yeah. Yeah, that's it get a little rough out there on that Twitter world that, you know, all We're that We're looking Facebook. for differences. We're looking for reasons, I think, uh, more so than ever to, like, just kind of draw a line in the sand, you know? There's, like, people want to be a little bit more divisive or a little bit more of, like, putting people in boxes. Like, you think that? Oh, then you're that. On, so now I can, now I don't have to worry about that because I think you're that. On social media? Yeah. 
But when you go to the party or you go to the get together and let's say you only know one person yeah. at that place and you're talking to someone, if you talk to someone that you don't know, immediately you're trying to find a common place. Yeah. You're trying to find common ground with this it's person a great right human there. Human instinct, yeah. You're right there. Everyone's, you're not yeah. trying to say, "Hmm, let's see what your political stance yeah, is. Let's yeah. see what you where you stand on this. Well, what about this?" Nah, you're just trying to get along. You're trying to be cool. Trying to hang. You're trying, you're trying to, to hang. maximize the moment. Create some goofs out of nowhere. Right. I mean, so, that's what it's all about. No man. doubt. Do you? Um, you're you're a good yes ander of the bit too. I feel like you're. Um, which you got to be. I feel like in radio and media and and now the podcasting world. Um, do you uh, have you found yourself, I don't know, on air getting riled up or like something happened maybe later that day that you end up bringing to the station? And you're it takes one thing for someone to say something that maybe uh, contradicts your opinion on something. Do you allow yourself to because you are such a captain positive type guy, which I love about you. Mm -hmm. But I think being that enthusiastic for life, you probably, you know, it, it's a it's a nice balance. You're probably trying to find of like, you know, um, I don't want to be too abrasive with my stuff on air because I still keep things G Scott light. Mm -hmm. But uh, you tell me, are there moments where you pick and choose where you're like, I'm going to go a little hard in the paint on this because sure. I really back it up? Yeah. Sure. I go for sure. There's topics where I'll go hard on and I'll go really tough. And then when I come back during after the commercial break, I know that I got to reel it back and some way pay off for the listener, the, those that's listening. There has to be some ounce of hope. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, you know, this is my, let's a little name drop here. Let's go. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. Right? Which is one of my favorites. Man, I love you, G. -Tang. First of all, G, thanks for the shit involved. I saw you don't follow me on Facebook anymore. What's up with that? <laughs> an opportunity uh, to spend a day with <gasps> Sylvester Stallone. No right? way. Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, in doing so, um, of course, I'm nerding out. We're talking. And you geek out, right? I'm geeked out, know? man. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking, and he's cool. Like he wants to talk Rocky. That's the best. He wants to talk when about it. When you meet it. a hero that what that goes, hey man, I see in you and your eyes that you want to hear all the cool shit from me, and I want to tell you about it. Yes, and so we're talking about it, and I said, and and this helped me so much. I said, okay, Sly, what happened? What happened with Rocky Five, man? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what? I was like, I just didn't. I mean, I love Rockies. I love it all. But Rocky Five didn't do it for me. You know what he said? What? He said, the reason why you didn't like Rocky Five is because at the end, I lost. I was done. He had that fight with Tommy the Machine Gun mm. out there. And then afterwards, there was there was no at the end of the movie, we walked we, he walked away and they're still living kind of in poverty. They still lost it all. And that's the reason. So he's explaining to me why I did not like Rocky Five and why a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm like, and so he taught me, he says, when people watch things, they always want to watch and they want to have some opportunity mm. of hope yeah when you take hope out of the equation right that is when people are like mm. so no matter how tough life is going everybody wants an ounce of hope mm. and i think that when you say captain positive i think what i try to do my best in is like look man we all got our shit right now of course we all got some shit we going through we battling and so if Someone takes the time is like, you know what, man? I got about an hour drive. Let me pop on some Adam Ray. See what he's talking about, right? I'm gonna pop on his podcast right now, right? And so no matter what your day is about, there has to be, they popped on your show because for some reason you have given them hope in the past or else your podcast don't last. Right. Or else it's done after like five episodes. Right. So the Captain Positive you hear is I try my best I don't always succeed. I try my best to find where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Where is the hope? Relationships, friendships, marriages, parenting, all of those things, you try to find the light at the end of the tunnel. So back to Rocky Five and what happened with that. Like, yeah, dude, that thing sucked. Well, it sucked because it was like, okay, at the end, like, yo, Rocky, did you get your money back? <laughs> no, 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 not, not that time. <laughs>
shit. How did you even get to spend a day with him? Uh, I had a buddy of mine who had him come in town. He owns a big corporation out here in Seattle. Wow. And uh, Sly was going to be his guest speaker. And so he got there early in the morning, and he wasn't supposed to speak until the afternoon. So we're hanging out in awesome. the hotel awesome. talking about oh that. We talked about First Blood when he first made oh that, how God, long it took to, to to tape that, how long it took to tape Rambo. And it was like they were out in the jungle for like six weeks. And, dude. Unreal. Kid in the candy store. Straight nerded out but and like the thing is about sly and if you go back and some somebody's listening right now and they're a big sly fan i'm a huge sly fan and the reason why i'm a sly fan is because he always has something inspirational and motivational to say mm. right always always does being with him was like an extended rocky movie where the entire time that's who he is. Wow. Like he literally, like the, the the person you see in Rocky, he is the same in real life. That's awesome. <laughs> do you get starstruck uh, usually? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, I get I get starstruck. Um, well, you and I were together yeah. when I got starstruck with Danny Glover. Oh, let's go, let's go. Thanks for bringing that up, <laughs> Danny Glover. I started doing the angels in the outfield wave when he stood up at one point. And I was hoping you were gonna see it and start joining along with it, but yeah. Did you? Did you see my social media? Did oh, you yeah. see what I got him to do? <laughs> yeah, I got him to say, I'm getting too old for this shit. Bro, that was incredible. And he was all about it, too. <laughs> he, he was, was like, smiling. Yes. But again, you approached him with like the right amount of um, chutzpah and swagger. That yeah. He was just like, yeah, I'll fucking do this for no this doubt. guy. No uh, doubt. That was a crazy thing to see him there. That truly, I thought I was in some fucked up NyQuil dream. I was like, clever. Like, but then I was like, no, he's got to be a sports fan. But then I was like, maybe he's in town and maybe people at that level just have, like, they get a mass email of all the cool shit happening in the city they're in. But then I was like, what the fuck is Danny Glover and Renton? You know right. what I'm saying? This right. feels like some weird porn I rented in uh, in the early 90s. But he uh, he was so cool, man. Right. And he's out here doing um, a doc on uh, Jackie McCormick. And, no doubt. Uh, now, uh, before I go, yeah. I, I got to say this, man. I, I got I to gotta show you some love, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to show you some love all because right. Adam Ray, I don't know how you got it. I don't know the history. I yeah. don't know when you got the card. But I have found out behind your back mm. that you have a universal uh, invite to the barbecue. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's a lot of people in this town that kind of <laughs> rocks with Adam Ray. Oh, Usually, you know, look, I'm going to tell you behind closed doors, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, mm, I don't rock with that dude, yeah, or yeah. Mm, I don't know about that dude. Sure, like sure, that. Sure. You, like Adam Ray? Oh, man, come on over, man. Like, I know some people, I'm like, oh, y'all really rock with Adam. Oh, They're cool, like, man. yeah, yeah, he got he got, he got, got the universal car. So before I leave, I'm going to have to check your wallet, <laughs> see, what it, see what the universal car says, and, you know, Adam Ray so coming to the bar. What, what did you do, man? What did you do to get the uh, universal uh, invite to the barbecue? Yeah, I think we're from the same cloth man just like you know like control what you can control don't be a piece of shit try to enjoy i also like you know i'm a fan of shit so it's like you know but getting to play in the uh, champions of change game and be around guy like that's why i went up to you and was like fuck man like i now am in a place where i you know uh trust in what i do but i also feel comfortable to even before you've even like seen me on stage, which that's always an added benefit when you you you, you meet somebody and and um, maybe they've already seen you do your thing. It used to be great. It's how I met my wife too, right? She saw me on stage and then we whatever, and we met through some mutual friends. But like I didn't have that with you or with other people that I've met. But I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna I'm still gonna be a fan, show my respect, and then just treat him like a person, man. It's yeah. like everybody like like you with Sly. It's like, dude, the guy's just a fucking dude at the end of the day who did some cool shit. No question. And um. But I don't know, man. I also love, uh, I bleed Seattle so hard, dude. So, yeah. like, anything to uh, to be a part of anything in this city or whether it's throwing out a first pitch or, or um, doing the Champion of the Change game or even, like, and, again, I listen to you all the time. So, it's like you get to be um, real fans of people that, uh, and knowing your story somewhat and hearing it more today, which I appreciate all the. Uh, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of yours, man. Do me a favor. Don't send me and don't tell me about the analytics to, for this show because <laughs> because because here's the thing, man. I, I look. Be I know. Better than Steve look, Rables, look, 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 look. I, I, I already know. Adam Ray has a whole lot of guests, yeah. and I was looking. I'm like. Yeah. Damn, I'm be... like the lowest <laughs> no on the list on this show. So just don't no. send me the analytics or the views, I bro. bet it's going to go like this. It's going to go McConaughey, Bullock, Burr, <laughs> oh, goodness. and then maybe Jason Drulo and G. Scott right <laughs> oh, there. Okay. <laughs> just wait. As long as I'm not... Okay, do me a favor. Yeah. Just send me and say, okay, G, you're not clips. in last yeah. place. <laughs> you're not in last place. You got it, baby. Yeah. 
Um, all right, you're at G- at uh, what, uh, your Instagram and, and uh, Twitter is all at, uh, at at G Scott Senior right. at G Scott Senior, not Junior. There's Junior out there. There is. Yeah, there's a Junior out there. So it's oh, at G E E at G Scott Senior on Twitter. And uh, KJ all day is a podcast, and G and Ursula is what nine to noon uh, every day. You know it, nine to noon. Cairo Radio, Cairo News Radio, the place to be, baby. You're a beast, dude. And uh, and Seahawks, what you do the the post a pre? I'm I'm the game day host for the Seattle Seahawks. Where I get in there, get reveling, get rolling. Do you so love again. that? Yeah, I love it. And, and, and by the way, keep keep throwing these shout outs out because this is going to help with the views oh, and the yeah. clicks <laughs> to the show. Because, man, I'm worried about that, man. Worry. I gotta come, I'm going to come out to a bunch of uh, uh, games this year. I got some uh, some buddies that uh, we're playing to. And uh, and I've never been to the camp at the uh, VMAX. Training so camp. Was, yeah. yeah. We'll see you out there, too. G, you're a legend, dude. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Appreciate you making time. Yes, sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.